Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And today we're going to start the show off with a, a bit of a preview on the Canelo Alvarez versus Dimitri Bivol fight that's coming up in Las Vegas this weekend. There's been an awful lot of discussion, both online and chat rooms, etc., with respect to uh, this fight. It's going to be a good fight, a good test for Canelo Alvarez. He's moving up in weight uh, to meet Dimitri Bivol. Bivol uh, fights very well. He's very accurate. So uh, I've got a bit of a preview here uh, from my friends, courtesy of Boxing 247. Uh, and let's start off. I'll just read this. It's a very short little article, but uh, just to give you a bit of a heads up. I mean, we several months ago ha had a big discussion uh, with the chaps over at Boxing 247 on Talk and Fight about uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez and how he cherry picks his opponents to get to where he is today. Uh, let's have a quick look. I think he has 57 wins, one loss, two draws, and 39 knockouts. But the argument was presented by Christian Von Sponek, by the way, very eloquently, that Canelo cherry picks. Anyway, this time, he's moving up, and he's about to meet Dimitri Bivol. So here we go. Saul Canelo Alvarez and Dimitri Bivol will step into the ring this Saturday at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas for a very interesting duel in which both need to prove things and come out with their hands up. Canelo is taking on important challenges. Is taking on important challenges in his career and moving up to 175 pounds to face the reigning champion of the pioneering organization is one of them. Despite the physical disadvantage, the 31-year-old fighter will try to impose his speed and strategy to overcome this bout. Bivol is a fighter who appears to be in the prime of his career. While he's not a knockout fighter, he can hurt you with his punches and has an outstanding physical advantage over Canelo. The champion knows how to keep his opponents away. He works a jab like a few other fighters and has an impressive accuracy that allows him to get results without throwing too many power punches. This week will be all about boxing in Las Vegas, and both fighters will arrive in Sin City for promotional activities leading up to the showdown. As I said, Canelo has 57 wins, one loss, and two draws, 39 knockouts, whereas Bivol has 19 wins, one loss, and 11 knockouts. Again, another weekend of uh, really good fighting coming up, and we enjoy that one immensely. Moving on, I see that uh, featherweight Jeremy Adorno. Now, remember, uh, I mentioned a lot of these uh, these names in terms of coming up this weekend or coming up in a couple of weeks, and a lot of uh, the comments from the fans out there are saying, who won that fight? Anyway, here we go. So... Featherweight Jeremy Adorno and uh, light heavyweight Khalil Coe remained undefeated with wins in Philadelphia and New York, respectively. Both Adorno and Coe are managed by split team management. And Friday at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Adorno stopped Jason Vera in round three of their six-round featherweight bout. Adorno dropped Vera twice in round three, and the bout was stopped at the 33-second mark. Adorno, who fights at Allentown, Pennsylvania, is now 7-0 with three knockouts. Vera is out of Miami, is now 5-9. Saturday night over at uh, New York Madison Square Gardens, a fight we're all familiar with, Coe remained undefeated with a six-round unanimous decision over William Langston in a light heavyweight bout. Coe, who's 174 pounds, fights out of Jersey City, New Jersey, uh, and is now he's now 3-0-1. Langston, 173 pounds, is out of 
Kenosha, Wisconsin. He's six and three. Uh, Co is promoted by Matching Boxing, co-managed with Keith Connolly. And there are some uh, great pictures on the Boxing 247 uh, website if you want to have a quick look at uh, that action that took place on the weekend. Um, speaking of Philadelphia, Christian Cardo thrilled the fans at the 2300 Arena as the popular bantamweight stopped Ernesto Sebastian Franzolini in front of a capacity crowd at the famed Philadelphia fight venue. This show was promoted by King's Promotions. Cardo dropped Franzolini with a hard body shot. He finished Franzolini off with a hard combination, and the bout was stopped at 2 minutes 31 seconds. Cardo, out of Philadelphia, is now 19-1 and with 13 knockouts. Franzolini, is a, fighting out of Buenos Aires in Argentina, is now 14-13-2. and two. Elsewhere on that uh, card, we saw Julian Gonzalez and Ivan Jimenez battle to a spirited six-round draw in lightweight bout. Pretty rare. Jimenez uh, took a card 58-56, while two cards were even 57-57. Gonzalez out of Reading, Pennsylvania is 6-0-1. Jimenez out of Naples, Florida is now 7-1-2. But here's the big news of the day. Big heavyweight Christian Pranga stopped Deshaun Webster in round two of their six-round heavyweight bout. Prenga sent Webster down with a right hand in round two. Prenga ended things with a vicious uppercut that sent Webster flat on his back at 109. Prenga, fighting out of Niagara Falls, Canada, is 11-1 with 11 knockouts. Webster, out of Kansas, is 12-5-3. In another fight that night, Tanji Teasley stopped Deron Alexander in round three of their four-rounder. Uh, it was a welterweight bout. Uh, in round three, Teasley dropped Alexander with the right hand. Teasley ended the fight by dropping Alexander with a body shot at 109. Teasley's fighting out of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. He's now 2-0 with two knockouts. Alexander's out of Baltimore and was making his pro debut. Good stuff. Alrighty, one more fight to announce. Let's have a quick look here. Kodir Albright, Albright remained perfect with a second-round stoppage over Jorge Martin Garcia in a scheduled six-rounder, and that was for a junior welterweight uh, fight there. Round one, Albright scored a knockdown with a right hand. Round two, Albright sent Garcia down with a body shot, and the fight was stopped at 58 seconds. Albright's out of West Philadelphia. He's now 6-0 with six knockouts. Garcia's out of Buenos Aires, Argentina. He's now 13-9-1. And that was all uh, brought to you by King's Promotions. Good stuff for them. All right. All right. Moving along here to Phoenix, Arizona at the Celebrity Theater, also on the weekend. In a shocking turn of events, super bantamweight prospect Darren the Gift Cunningham, 15 and 2 with eight knockouts, lost to Angel Antonio Contreras, 12, 6 and 2, six knockouts, via majority decision. And that was held on uh, Friday night, April 29th. Uh, said Cunningham, I tried to power through getting sick this week and was unable to bring my best last Friday. I'm not making any excuses, but I got sick last week and I didn't think it would affect my performance as I wanted to fight and entertain those who came to see a great night of boxing. In the end, I learned a tough lesson. I was uh, unable to fight to the best of my abilities. This is not the end, by no means. It isn't a good feeling, but I know I wasn't at my best and I still think I did enough to win. But I'm going to take out my frustration on my next opponent. I'll be making an announcement on my next fight very soon. <laughs> Good for him. Let's have a quick look here. Ah, across the pond in Birmingham, England. Remember, I was mentioning the East Side Rooms on the weekend. 
Josh Stokes went toe-to-toe with, against Harry Matthews. Seven home fighters were victorious on Friday evening as BCB promotions returned to the salubrious Eastside Rooms in Birmingham. Someone's going to have to Google that one for me. West Bromwich light heavyweight Josh Stokes topped the bill as he moved to 7-0 with a 40-37 victory over every game Harry Matthews. Stokes will be eyeing an area title by the end of 2022. King Winsford Danny Ball made a welcome ring return. The welterweight suffered a broken jaw in his last outing, a British Commonwealth and IBF European title encounter with Eka Usman back in October. But Ball bounced back with a routine 40-36 win over Dale Aerosmith. Jake Melvin, son of trainer Malcolm, made his pro debut and brought with him an army of supporters. Bulgarian Patar Alexandrov was the opponent, and he made Jake work hard for his 40-37 win. Fellow Brummy, Brandon Jones, moved to 4-0 in the light heavyweight division after opponent Elvis Dubé was forced to retire at the end of the opening round with a shoulder injury. Another fight that didn't go the distance was Connor Goodchild's. The Birmingham welterweight looked far more composed in the second outing as he went through the gears to stop Sultan Ahmed in the third round. Hereford lightweight debutant Danny Williams defeated Lee Hallett in a real welcome to the pro game fight, which was scored 39-37 in Williams' favor. Fellow Hereford fight, uh, Cliff Henry moved to 2-0 at the ripe old age of 41 with a 40-36 win over popular road warrior Lewis Van Pucht. Great, uh, great article. All that's all the the recap, but there are photos on Boxing Two Four Seven's website. So uh, go go along, have a look at these uh, great shots from uh, Birmingham. Speaking of England, let's move over to Wolverhampton, where this weekend Ollie Cooper is ready to let his lens go when he cl- chases a maiden pro TKO at the fourth time of asking. He's set for further ring time as part of BCB promotion show in Wolverhampton at the Hangar Events Venue on Friday night. That's May 6th. It's been a learning curve for the 21-year-old Southpaw, who debuted last October after previously going close to the top of domestic honors as an amateur. He reached a national final in the English Youth Championships as part of an amateur run that saw him amass 26 bouts with 18 victories among them. His pro O saw him outpoint double centurion Kevin McCauley by a points landslide, winning all four rounds to register a 40-36 whitewash. He since tackled Paul Cummings and Josh Cook, vanquishing both through a 40-37 points verdict, dropping just a share of one round in each contest. Cooper from Canuck reckons he's developed over the course of those pro experiences and has used his latest training camp to focus on punching power. He's also of the opinion that he's filling out his six foot four inch frame with a height advantage over opponents in the middleweight division already apparent, Cooper said. No disrespect to Josh Cook, and it wasn't easy, but I thought I was able to sit back and box a bit more, which was nice, and that allowed me to dictate the pace. I felt like I got back on the front foot more and showed more some dominance, which proves I'm adapting to the pro style and trying to change from being an amateur. I've worked more in this camp I'm being aggressive, and I'm feeling a lot fitter and stronger, so the plan is to get the stoppage if the opportunity comes along. I'm only 21, and maybe I'm a late developer in terms of my man strength coming through, but surely 
it's getting there now. Although it's nowhere near 100%. I'm feeling a lot more comfortable and inspiring. I'm not getting pushed back or being bullied by my opponents. I'm improving all the time. Good for him. Good for him. Good stuff. All right. Let's move over to Orlando, Florida, where Connor Coyle is going toe-to-toe -to -toe against Antonio Todd a uh, day after that fight on 7th of May. Like most who love the sweet science, undefeated middleweight Connor the Kid Coyle was fully engaged in the Katie Taylor-Amanda Serrano fight. Recognized as the biggest in women's boxing history, Taylor Serrano took place in front of more than 19,000 fans at a sold-out Madison Square Garden on the weekend. It was the first time a female fight headlined at the Mecca of Boxing. Following four fast-paced and competitive rounds, surrounded Rock Taylor in the fifth with a left hook followed by a left cross. Taylor was in bad shape and nearly tasted the canvas for the first time in her career, but managed to finish the round on her feet, as we all know. Uh, so, going back to Connor Coyle, what did he say about this? What an incredible fight that was. Major credit to both women, he said, who trained with Taylor in Dublin when they were both amateurs. Katie really had to overcome a lot of adversity against Serrano, especially in the fifth round. Katie showed incredible heart and came through like a champion. She's a true warrior and a great inspiration for me heading into the most important fight of my career. Coyle, by the way, is 15-0 with seven knockouts, meets Antonio Todd, as I said, in a 10-round contest for the NABA middleweight title Saturday, May 21st at the Carib Royal in Orlando, Florida. Coyle Todd airs live on Bali Sports Network as part of the Enter Box Championship Boxing Series at 9 p.m. I think I've mentioned this before, and I think we have the wrong date. Anyway, you'll have to Google it. Uh, it says it says May 21st in the uh, context of the article, but in the title it says May 7th. So I'm not quite sure what it is. Like I said, one of my good fans out there, please Google that for me and let me know. Drop it in the comments. Alrighty, um, finally, a big one to announce here. Richard Rapport is going up against Fabio Turchi at the OVO Arena in Wembley on June 11th. It's a big fight. Full steam ahead for the midnight train, Richard Rapport. As he returns to action at the OVO Arena, Wembley, Saturday, June 11th, live and exclusive on Sky Sports to take on the least Fabio Turchi. In an eliminator battle, which will see the winner move up to cruiserweight rankings and in prime position to challenge reigning champ Maris Brides later this year. With Rick Poor, who's now 14 0 with 10 knockouts, coming off a stunning knockout victory over Dion Dumont in March, uh, and former IBF international cruiserweight champ Turchi 21, having a 66% stoppage rate in his victories. This fight matches two proven finishers and promises action from the very start as both men look to score the knockout, which will move them into a world championship opportunity. Elsewhere, we see that uh, Bermondsey's former WBO global welterweight champ, Chris Congo, who's 13-1, uh, seven knockouts, has a route back into the world title contention if he defeats tough German contender Sebastian Formello, who's 23-2 uh, with 11 knockouts in their international showdown. Uh, elsewhere on this card, two of the very best young fighters in the UK, English super middleweight champ Jermaine Brown, 12-0, defends his title against challenger Zach Jelly, who's 11-1-1 in an exciting fight trade. The two Londoners will both be going to this fight totally confident in victory and certain to put on an eye-catching performance in a 50-50 fight, which will delight the nation's boxing fans and look set to steal the show, potentially, if it weren't for this next fight. 
Also in the card, the long-awaited professional debut of Tokyo 2020 Olympic gold medalist Lauren Price, MBE. One of the most highly touted amateurs in women's boxing, Price earned the amateur sport supreme honor when she won gold last summer. She was subsequently awarded an MBE in recognition of this stunning success. She now looks destined to reach the very highest level of professional sport in the exciting and fast-moving world of women's boxing, with the first step towards that greatness coming on June 11th. Good for her. Cruiserweight star Vidal Riley, who's 5-0, fights for his home city the first time in his pro career. A hackney sensation made his pro debut in November 2018 with a first-round knockout of Julio Manuel Gonzalez in Mexico and has since fought in Las Vegas twice and Dubai. Last time out, he was on the huge Amir Khan Kel Brook undercard in Manchester in February, registering a sixth-round points win over Wheel of Force Shalhipu via a first-round knockdown, and aims to showcase his power and skill in front of the London fans. He said, I'm ready to continue my assault on the cruiserweight division. The midnight train is on an un unstoppable roll, and Turchi is the next man to try it on the track in front of me. He's a good boxer, and I'm expecting a tough fight, but nothing I can't handle. Oh, sorry, this is uh, Ray Pori saying all this. I'm coming out of this one with the, the win and stepping into the world title contention. I'm very happy to have this opportunity since I was a kid. I've always dreamed of fighting at the international level. And in an important venue like this, I'm dedicating my body and soul to get into the best shape and have a great match against Rick Porgy, who I think is an excellent boxer, replied Turchi. All good stuff. Shall we say, uh, yeah, we'll mention what Ben Shalom had to say. Here we go. Uh, Richard has been an unstoppable rise to the world title contention. Now he's potentially within touching distance of getting his shot at gold. Turchi is the former IBF international champion and brings heavy firepower to the ring. This is Richard's toughest fight, uh, toughest career challenge to date, and a win here will make a strong statement about his potential to be a world champion. And that's courtesy of Ben Shalom, boxer founder and CEO. That's boxer, B-O-X-X-E-R. Alrighty, uh, that's all this that we have here today. That's all the news fit to print, as they say. Thank you for joining me here on Talk and Fight on uh, the Boxing News today. Uh, remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Uh, we'll see you at 4 p.m. for Knuckle Up with Mike Gore and Cedric Ben. Cheers. Have a good day. We'll see you later on. Thank you.